0: Many of us are reading the book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, by Barbara Brown Taylor, the well-known Episcopal priest, preacher, and writer, who will be speaking here at the cathedral next week on September 8th. Among other things, she discusses our excessive fear of darkness, to the point where we want to light up the night, both indoors and outdoors. A great cost comes with this, she says, far beyond the energy consumption and electricity bills. Because of what some call light pollution, two-thirds of us Americans cannot even look up into the night sky and see the Milky Way, the galaxy in which we reside, which contains, I am told, 100 to 400 billion stars and at least 100 billion planets. Why should it bother us that we often cannot see this in the night sky? For one thing, Taylor says, seeing the Milky Way provides much spiritual benefit. It provides a place for us to rest with our eyes, so to speak. And in Taylor's words, leads us to risk wondering things that will make you dizzy for days. Where does that path of stars lead? Where does the cosmos end? What lies beyond it? And who are you to wonder about such things? If you are ever in doubt about your place in the universe, Taylor says, this is a good way to remember. So what is our place in the universe? On the one hand, clearly... It is very tiny. As we are now, we occupy a small space for such a short amount of time. Shakespeare, of course, nailed it when he has his character Prospero declare that we are such stuff as dreams are made on, and our little life is rounded with a sleep. He makes the same point when he has Macbeth compare us humans to a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. As Thomas Gray wrote in his elegy written in a country churchyard, even the paths of glory lead but to the grave. On Ash Wednesday, we remember that we are made from dust and that we will return to the dust. So clearly our Christian tradition acknowledges our smallness in the scheme of things. But on the other hand, paradoxically, it tells us that we are of infinite and eternal worth in this vast universe because God loves us beyond anything we can ask or imagine. It was out of love that God gave life to the dust we are made of, and out of love that God redeemed that life by becoming dust himself, dust that even the grave could not contain So, as St. Paul said, we have nothing and yet possess everything. Barbara Brown Taylor notes that transitory as our lives are, we, along with all creation, are made of atoms originating in the heavens. I and everything I love, she says, have come forth from the furnace of the stars by a process of unfathomable life-giving grace. She's the right age, of course, to know that 1970 Crosby, Stills, and Nash song that goes, We are stardust, we are golden, we are billion-year-old carbon. Because of God's creative, life-giving work, we are something. After all, we are profoundly significant. Our, uh, we had a service of holy baptism at the 9 o'clock service, and that liturgy highlights the paradoxical nature of our place in the universe. On the one hand, we acknowledge our need, our vulnerability, our need for communion with God and each other, something God has to give us. And so that's what, that's what we're expressing when the candidate for baptism is buried with Christ symbolically in his death. Then the candidate is raised from the waters and we celebrate the resurrected Christ's power through the Spirit to ground us in the divine life, which is love and which never ends. So the downside and the upside, if you will, the smallness and the greatness. This service of baptism Beautifully highlights the path by which we can all experience this amazing life that God offers us in Christ. First of all, we must acknowledge our smallness and our need. I think sometimes some other denominations are better than we are at emphasizing that part, just as I am without one plea. Okay, well, we need that side. Not only is life short. But we're beset by weaknesses and limitations, of course, from day one. And beyond physical weakness and limited personal abilities, we are, as every service acknowledges, sinners motivated by pride who frequently follow false paths to glory. We've gone astray, everyone to his own way, as Handel set to music. As today's gospel suggests, we often spend our energies not for good, but instead aiming for the top seat at banquets and cultivating only ties with others who we think can benefit us in some obvious way. Unlike God, we show partiality. And our first thought often is to raise ourselves up by our own efforts, kind of forget about God. And of course, in that process, we often get irritated with those we think are getting in our way. Nicholas Ferrer, a wise 17th century Anglican, lamented that he was one of, of course, many sinners who desired that, in his words, nobody should cross me, that nothing should be contrary to my mind. Okay, we've all been there setting ourselves apart from others, wanting to take advantage of others. And of course, it's not only as individuals, but there are uh, even supposedly Christian nations who take this same prideful approach to life, and their leaders have sought to exalt themselves at the expense of others. Of course, there are many examples, but one is Nicholas Ferrer's world of early 17th century England, which was torn by conflict between two prideful elements. On the one hand, the government of Charles I, and on the other, its Puritan opponents, which, of course, led to a civil war. And on one side, you, King's side, you have the Archbishop of Canterbury, William Laud, who did some good things. I mean, we've got him on our Episcopal Church calendar. Did some good things, but I hate to tell you, he also had three Puritans arrested for criticizing him, and he had their ears cut off and their cheeks branded. No wonder some Puritans sought refuge in New England at that time. And then there's the other side the Puritans weren't so gentle themselves. They sadly took power in a civil war and enforced their own brand of conformity, even killing Archbishop Laud and the king and many others in the name of God. So sin, pride on both sides. And among many historical examples, this bears out the truth in today's first reading that pride was not created for human beings or violent anger for those born of women. "'Nations are laid waste and peoples devastated "'by the effects of pride and ambition "'as we see sadly today in Syria and many other places. "'We humans collectively as well as individually "'have made a mess of things, "'which our liturgy, including the baptismal liturgy, "'fully acknowledges. "'We are sinners in your sight individually and collectively.' But praise God, this is not the end of the story. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. The gospel tells us that once we recognize our place in the universe, the smallness of it, our need for help, for Christ's help, then through grace our weakness can be turned into strength and our wailing into dancing. We can be resurrected. Through grace, God's free gift... We can indeed leave behind all our harmful efforts to follow what the prayer book calls the devices and desires of our own hearts, the ways in which we seek our own glorification and not God's. Sin is a serious thing, and often we don't talk about it enough, and we're all we all are involved in it. But there's this antidote, the grace of God. And with that grace, we can relate to each other in the church and to people beyond as the gospel reading is teaching us, not based on what others can do for us, but on our common identity as children of God. Instead of squaring off against each other and trying to practice one-upsmanship, we will find, as the contemporary church leader Louis Crewe put it, that at the altar, we are all blood kin. Of course, Louis Cruz is a Southerner. At the altar, we're all blood kin. And we can begin to see Christ even in those who are very different from us. We could avoid a lot of wars. (laughs) We could avoid a lot of strife and suffering if we could get to that point. And God provides us with the wherewithal to get there. And so we baptize people into this amazing community, the beloved people of God, the God we know in Christ, the God who gave himself out of love so that together we might be eternally raised with him. Amen.